is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, and this is my Casino Combat Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by the letter K, because on this podcast, that's how we spell combat. Let's do the important stuff, and get that out of the way, and then we'll get started, okay? Alright, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, children of all ages and persuasions who are of legal age, this podcast discusses gambling and casinos. Gambling is a morally questionable life choice. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know the phone number for your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that phone number. We will make sure you have that phone number. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. All right, as I said, I am the Ramblin' Gambler, and I have what I think is a great episode for you today. Uh, if I was following my instincts, I'd jump right into the Ramblin' segment, and I'd start talking right away about our trip, because um, not problem-free, but a, a lot of good stuff happened in there. Uh, so I'm going to try to be disciplined. I'm going to go ahead and stick to my format. Um, we're going to do a core concept segment, and then we'll have a casino wisdom to talk about, and then uh, the travel segment, which, as I said, I'm really looking forward to, and we'll we'll finish up with some time in the VIP lounge. So let's get started with casino combat core concepts. So last week we discussed core concepts, learning a game with a minimum house advantage, learning a betting strategy that includes both progressive and regressive concepts, having a bankroll of money you can afford to lose that's large enough to cover the bets you're going to make, getting a player's card from the casino, having the discipline to win a set small amount of money and leave, or if you lose a small amount, leave, and in the end, trying to win the day, not the month. And if you lose the month, we try to make it up with comps and gifts from the casino later on. Today, we're going to discuss in detail learning a game with a minimum house advantage. Unfortunately, if you were told there would be no math, I'm sorry, we're stuck with math. In fact, stuck with math next week too because we're going to talk about progressive and regressive betting, and that requires some math. But here's the good news about this math. Um, you don't actually have to know it. You have to understand it. You have to understand the lessons I'm going to show you. You have to understand the outcome of the math in your decision-making at this point, but you don't need to know all of this. I do not walk around a casino going, oh, that game has a 14.25 house advantage. I looked all this stuff up. I learned it years ago. I made my game selection years ago. I knew why I made my game selection. I had to look all these numbers up so that I could lay it out all for you today, and hopefully at the end of it, you reach similar conclusions or make your own conclusions with the information I've given you, and, and then we move forward. Um, so let's suppose you're playing an imaginary game called Heads or Tails against the casino. And the way this works is that you pick Heads or Tails, you're stuck with it for as long as you play the game, you bet a dollar, the house flips the coin, if you picked Heads and it's Heads, you get paid, your dollar, and one of theirs. If it comes up tails, 
they take your dollar. Obviously, if we do this five times, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. In fact, any odd number of times, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. But if we do this a hundred times, a thousand times, a million times, the more times we do it, the closer it comes to being flat out 50-50. And that's how the casino looks at it. If we do this a million times, how much are we going to make? And in this scenario, the answer is if we do this a million times, we're going to make nothing and we're going to provide the space for the game and we're going to pay the dealer to stand there and run the game. So we're going to lose money. So we're not going to play this game in our casino. If this was really in a casino, it'd go more like this. Pick either thing you want. We don't care. Change your mind any time. You bet a dollar, and if you win, we take your dollar. And if you win, we pay you 90 cents. Honestly, it'd probably be more like 75 cents because they'd want more advantage on a game like this. But now you understand house advantage, right? It's them adjusting the rules so that instead of paying you what the bet is worth, they've got the rules rigged so they pay you a little less, okay? And I say rigged in the kindest sense of the word. They're not doing anything illegal. They're not cheating. They are, trust me, following the rules to the T exactly as they are supposed to follow them. It's just it's rigged from the start. And we know that going in. So either we got a good idea how to go about it and how to beat them, or maybe we shouldn't go. I'm convinced and have experience that suggests that I have a way to get past this. So let's keep working through things. I don't know if you know this, but other than poker, sports betting, and the odds betting craps, every other game in the casino is, as I said, it's rigged. It's set up for them to have an advantage in the long run. Let's start to look at the real world hard numbers situation by situation. In my state, law says that over time, the slot machines in a casino must pay out 85% of what they take in. And the house gets to keep the other 15%. Said another way, for every $100 that goes through the slot machines, the house is going to pay back out as jackpots $85 and they're going to keep 15. Now, you could walk up, put $100 in a slot machine, spin the wheel a hundred times and win nothing. Or you could put one dollar in a slot machine and spin and win a thousand. Your outcomes aren't any part of this. What does matter is that at the end of each, whatever the reporting period is for this particular casino, the house is going to keep 15 and give back 85 for every hundred dollars that were spun. And what does that mean? Well, you can walk in today and you can do kind of any possible outcome. As I said, you can win 1,000, 4,000, 10,000. I just saw um, an, an article not too long ago that some casino, the first day it was open, somebody walked in, threw in $2, and won $58,000. Can and will happen. But if you keep going back to the casino, you keep playing that same slot machine, you keep playing it over and over and over again, over time, you will lose $15 of every hundred dollars you spend through the machine. And on most of these machines, you can burn through a hundred bucks real quick. Real, real, real quick. Um, so 15% is our number for slot machines. Craps is the next game I wanted to talk to you about. Um, ton of bets on the felt at craps. Um, the smallest, the, the best bet on the board has a house advantage of 1.36. 
and the, the odds go all the way up to 16.67, which, as we've seen, is worse than the 15 score that slot machines have. So, if you just make the bet with the smallest house advantage, 1.36, the house is keeping $1.36 for every 100 wagered. That's a much smaller house advantage than $15 that we saw with slot machines. In fact, that's actually pretty small. It's an overcomable advantage with a wagering system or good old-fashioned luck and some discipline about when you leave the casino. Um, full disclosure, not a craps guy. Really not my game. I know the best way to play craps. Learned it years ago. Tried it. Didn't really have fun. Not saying I might not have fun now. I've been researching. I've been running some simulations on something called hedge betting in craps. Um, I'm super interested in it. In fact, my buddy Gabriel's super interested in it. Um, if you're a craps player who hedge bets or you have some other approach that you think kind of fits all my criteria, boy, I would love to hear from you. Email me what I do at casinocombat.com. Don't forget that's with a K. Um, so next, next, let's look at roulette. Um, unlike craps, roulette is incredibly easy. I mean, there's a lot of bets, but you, you can handle this one much easier than you can handle craps, let me tell you. So, on craps, there's a whole bunch of bets, but for even or odd, black or red, 1 through 18, 19 through 36, it's 5.26%. $5.26 for every 100 wagered. Not as good as that best possible craps bet, but way, 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 way better than, than what we were seeing with slot machines. Um, it wouldn't be my recommendation. My recommendation is coming later, but you could. You, you legitimately could. Pick any of those bets I just named. Pick even, okay? That's the bet you're going to make. Have an appropriate wagering system. Have an appropriate bankroll. Have rules for winning, winning and leaving, losing and leaving. And you're giving yourself a chance at, at success. Now, that said, imagine this, right? You walk up to the roulette table. You get your chips. You bet even. And they spin the wheel. And you bet even. And even. And even. And even. And the whole time you're doing this, people are covering this number and this number and this intersection. And I'm going to take this third and this third. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take odd. And I'm going to take half. And I'm going to take zero. And, and you're feeling like, boy, am I bored. This is really not fun. Or maybe it is for you. That is the beauty of this. If it is fun for you, use one of the email addresses. Let me know. Always happy to hear what you're doing. Um, so you're better off than spinning the slot machine. You can change your wagers in each direction. You've got some options here. It's playable. It's just there's a better choice. And that better choice, if you don't know anything, don't want to learn anything, haven't learned anything yet, is Baccarat. Two bets. Player. Bank. And I've told you everything you really need to know. Um, the house edge for the player bet is $1.24 per hundred. And the bank bet, it's $1.06 per hundred. So, play Baccarat, bet bank. Your expected loss is $1.06 per hundred. Once again, add a betting strategy, a bankroll, an exit plan, and you've got... A minimum house advantage game. The only thing better, the only better game, 
my game of choice is blackjack, and I'm making air quotes here, with Vegas rules. In this case, the house advantage is down to 0.28. Not 28%, 0.28. The house advantage in blackjack is expected to be 28 cents for every $100 wagered. I'm going to talk more about blackjack in a minute. I'm going to tell you why I think it's your best choice and that you really should get started on learning the game if you haven't already. But with Baccarat, the bank bet, the house advantage is a small 1.06. And you don't need to know anything. You don't need to know any rules. You don't need to know anything else other than what I have told you. You're welcome to learn the actual rules. You can understand the actual math. It's not going to change anything. No one's ever going to ask you anything other than put your money where you want to bet. Okay? And you want to bet bank. It's that simple. Find a bet. Bet bank. The dealer does all the work. The dealer hands you your wins when you win. Takes your money when you lose. You implement the betting strategy. You implement the exiting strategy. You're well on your way. Personally, I find Baccarat slow and boring. It's not a game I play very often. Occasionally, once in a while, blackjack tables are full. More often, the blackjack tables have horrible rules. I'll find a Baccarat table and play instead. So let me repeat this one more time. The first core concept of casino combat is learn a game with a minimum house advantage. You've just learned one. You've just completed the first core concept. Play Baccarat, bet bank. Let's circle back to Blackjack. As I said, my game of choice, one of the most popular gambling games in North America. I am not going to try to teach you Blackjack in one segment of a podcast. It would take several podcasts, at least several podcasts. Um, But I'm going to tell you how to learn to play Blackjack because there's a ton of online resources. Ton. For years, the actual house advantage in Blackjack was unknown. Too complicated for anyone to figure out. No one had the math skills to do it. The house made money, the players had fun, the house didn't care, and neither did the players. Then in 1966, an IBM scientist named Edward Thorpe writes the groundbreaking book, Beat the Dealer. Mr. Thorpe used the IBM computers to figure out the house advantage in blackjack, and more importantly, the best way to play each and every possible blackjack hand to minimize the house's advantage against you. He then used that information to prove that by counting cards, you could actually gain an advantage as the player. Right. We've been talking about house advantage, house advantage, house advantage. He figured out how to actually have an advantage as a player. Um, Spoiler alert, this book is a key part of my origin story. As I said in the first episode, I can count cards, I have counted cards for various reasons, I don't count cards. At some point, we can talk about that if you're interested. But today, modern blackjack, players don't know who Mr. Thorpe was, but they talk about his strategies all the time. It's called the book. Sit at any blackjack table for more than three hands and someone's going to ask, what does the book say? Or what does the book play here? Go to the gift shop in the casino. They'll sell you little plastic cards that tell you the entire strategy, every play. Online websites provide cards that you can print out and take with you. There's software that will 
drill you, almost like using flashcards, and correct you when, you when you get something wrong. There are apps that do the same thing. If you want your best chance to use all my techniques, you need to learn the strategy chart. You need to learn and understand the game of blackjack. I've just shown you that while there are other substitutes, your best key example is blackjack. But here's the thing. If you don't really want to learn it, if you don't really want to memorize it, which I don't, I don't recommend, but okay, you don't want to, print the chart. Find the websites, print the chart, put it in your pocket. When you don't know what to do with the blackjack table, take it out and look at it. And I don't mean like sneaky, take it out and look at it and hope they don't catch you and know what you're doing. Just say, wait a minute, I'm going to check the strategy chart and pull it out and look at it. No one cares. Casino doesn't care. In fact, what will probably happen is that some very nice person on the other end of the table, five hands later, is going to say, what does your chart tell me I'm supposed to do here? Because they haven't memorized it either. So they're not going to care. They're going to appreciate it. I've actually been in casinos where you don't know what the play is, the dealer doesn't know what the play is, and the dealer calls the floor over and says, what's the right play here? And the floor says, I don't know, just a minute. And they go on their computer owned by the casino, and they look up the correct play, and they tell you what the correct play is. It's part of the culture of the game at this point. It's part of how this game works. So you can basically, at any and all times, Look at a set of cards in blackjack, and if you don't play, don't know how to play the hand correctly, ask the house, and they'll tell you the answer. So you now know two games, basically. Um, my best advice, if you want your best chance, if you're serious about this, get an app, do a little online research, Learn and practice your hands when there's no money involved so you at least got a sense of it. And you're not checking the chart on every single play. At least get the, the easy, basic ones down. Um, and then a disclaimer. Please don't decide, oh, well, he just told me this is the best house advantage and, and all I need to do is check this chart so I'm good to go and off to a casino I go. No, 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 folks. You need the betting strategies. You need the bankroll planning. You need the exit strategies, the, all the stuff that we're going to discuss in future episodes. If you want to give the house the smallest possible advantage over you, start learning basic strategy and come back next week and the week after and get the rest of these techniques and, and learn how to really go about this, okay? Our next segment is A Moment of Casino Wisdom. episode, I told you about uh, that conversation with Gabriel where I coined the phrase casino wisdom. The specific wisdom we talked about was recognizing when to leave. In fact, let's call that casino wisdom number one. I hope you recall that casino wisdom, that casino wisdom is knowledge of a casino situation and experience with that situation that creates an action. So let's talk today about casino wisdom number 93 what to do when you win. If you go to a casino once a year, once every five years, once every 10 years, you don't need a plan for your winnings. If you have winnings, do whatever you want. But I leave casinos with winnings on a regular basis. 
often multiple times in a week. So I have both knowledge of this situation and I have uh, experience in this situation and I've created some actions that I do um, and I call that Casino Wisdom number 93. So first of all, I apply this to larger wins. And what is a larger win? I have no idea. Because you're different. You're not me. Different banks. Different everything. But for me, probably not something I would try to do with a $100 win. $100 win, I'm going to stuff it in my pocket or stuff it in my casino bankroll. Mentally add it to the top total for the month or the notepad I'm keeping for the month. And I'm going to move on. But if I had a $1,000 win, wisdom number 93 right away. So first thing I would do, um, and I'm not a priest, and I am not your tax advisor, and if you think you need to consult either of them over this advice, that is what you should do. But first thing off the jump, I'm going to take 50, 100 bucks, and make a cash donation to a charity. Then I'm going to take 200 bucks, and I'm going to put it in the envelope in my safe marked for taxes. And I'm not going to touch it. Um, if you have significant winnings over the course of the year, you and your tax accountant are going to have to kind of sort out how much of your winnings need to go to the government. And that comes out of this envelope. And this, if this envelope is more than enough, then you can figure out what to do with the extra at that point. But it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So now we got 700 bucks left. I would take 200 and I would use cash and I would pay current bills or pay extra on debt, you know, make an extra little house payment or make a, make an extra car payment or get ahead of something, or I would buy something that I would not normally buy. Um, I would put $200 into my general bank account for most of us, not the kind of thing that's going to create any big ripples. And the final 300, I'd put in an envelope marked future gambling, and I'd put that in the safe. So this wisdom does a number of things. Obviously it gives to charity. But it also secures against future tax obligations. It puts some money to good use. I have cameras, camera lenses, a ring I wear every, wear every day, all from applying this wisdom. It is way more difficult, not impossible, but it's way more difficult to lose a camera or a ring back to the casino than it is to win to, to lose back money you'd want. The money put aside for future gambling can do one of two things. If you have some future losses and you have a really bad month, well, you take some of that money back out to rebuild your bankroll so you keep going forward. If over time you build this envelope up, build it up, build it up, maybe you take part of that money out and put it in your bankroll, and now the amount of your base bet can go up, right? If you have a bigger bankroll and you divide it into three pieces and then you divide it into ten pieces, you now know what your basic bet is. So that's how I, uh, I approach that. Um, and that's Casino Wisdom number 93. Been looking forward for a couple days to getting in front of this computer and recording this next segment. So we're going to ramble a little bit. Let's hit the road in our travel segment.
So, I told you last week that uh, there was a casino opening up in a neighboring state this weekend and that I had made a reservation for the first two nights um, at full price. And I also said that I had three goals. And we, we just, we were ready. I'm sure lots of people feel the same way. Um, that we were just ready to get out of the house. Um, and we wanted to see if it was safe. And I wanted to see if it was close to normal enough that it's actually useful to me. I guess there's a possibility. I've been doing my research. I've been reading. I think the usefulness part's going to be there, but it was a concern. And then I wanted to start rebuilding the relationship with this casino uh, with a goal toward getting it back to where it used to be. Because more and more, as I think about things big picture, I'm thinking maybe my local casino, with great regret, at least in the near term, is kind of no longer my home my home casino. So those are kind of the three goals. So Friday morning, you know, over over breakfast, we decide we'll drive down. I've been doing some research to put it into perspective. The county I live in had a hundred new COVID cases this weekend or this week. Just, just my county. For just one week, 100 new cases. And that's nothing for New York, and that's a ton for Wyoming, and that's not what this is about. What it is about is the entire state we're going through had four cases last week. So we're thinking we're traveling from a less risky environment to a more risky environment. Admittedly, we're leaving our house. Look, if, if you know the right answer on this, don't tell me. Because we all know the right answer and we all know the wrong answer. And none of us know any answers and that is definitely not what this is about. But that was our reasoning. 100 cases in our county, 4 cases in that state. We decided to at least drive down and, and see what we got. So we pull into the parking lot. There's a line that goes around the building. Um, looks to me like it's at least an hour or two. Fortunately, planned ahead. Got some experience in this area. Um... There's another line, and that's for people who can prove they have a hotel reservation, which I can. So they take our temps. They ask us a few questions, which I'm thinking are going to become the standard questions for everybody everywhere. And into the lobby we go. Now, this lobby is 50 feet high. Huge. Plenty of airflow. Everything's marked. If you've been to one grocery store... You figure this out real quick. You see how it works. I was not closer than 15 feet to anybody at any time. Walked up. Lady behind the plexiglass. Some cards pack, pass back and forth. A pen is sitting there. I use the pen and I immediately clean my hands. And we go up to the room and we brought supplies with us. Cleaning stuff, food, um, snacks. We're, we're prepared if we got to lock in. And even though they assured us they'd sanitized everything... We sanitize everything again, everything that we think we're going to touch. And so down we go. Let's check out the casino. Let's see what we see. Everything's exactly the same, almost exactly the same as the last time I was there, like three, four years ago. Um, and it's completely different. There's plexiglass everywhere. Um, there's all the stickers on the floors. Two-thirds of the slot machines are turned off. Um Masks are required at table games, but they're optional everywhere else. Um, if, you, if you're at a table at a game and you take your mask down long enough to, to take a sip of water or take a drink of soda, 
No issues, no arguments. Um, and that applies to other beverages as well, folks. Those are available. Uh, it didn't seem any less safe than the grocery store um, or the hardware store or the home improvement store. And we had hand sanitizer and in with us on our persons and we had masks and we decided we were going to go ahead. Um, and if in a month you find out one of us is dead, we'll know whose fault it is. Um, but we felt safe at that point, at least as safe as you can be other than being locked in a box um, and, and breathing filtered air. So we found a blackjack table and started playing and kind of right off the jump, I have a revelation. By design, casinos run on rules. And if you don't spend a lot of time in casinos, you don't know that. You see chaos. You see lights. You hear buzzers. You hear bells. You see people everywhere. You see people in all these different uniforms and outfits. And it looks completely random. And it's completely not. Do this a while, and pretty soon, you recognize the outfits tell you what job everybody has. Doesn't matter if you've been there before or not. You got it real quick. You know what's going on. When the cards get passed out at a table game, for every different table game, when the dice get handed out, when the ball rolls around the roulette wheel, everything that happens has a rule. You get paid in a certain order. The cards are revealed in a certain way. Every time the dealer does a specific action, he does something else to show the cameras what's going on. It's all rules. And if you don't follow those rules, you get very politely corrected. In some cases, you don't even know you've been corrected. Sir, could you pull your bet back? Sir, I'm sorry, we're not quite ready for that. Could you wait, please? Now, if you want to be a fool about it, to be kind, um, if you want to be a donkey, as Chef Ramsay would say, um, you're going to get corrected a little harder, up to and including, sir, if we have to continue talking about this, you're going to be asked to leave. But it's going to be in about that tone of voice, and it's going to include a sir. So, since the place already runs on rules... And since their employees are already used to enforcing rules, and since their employees are already used to operating according to rules, all they did was add a few rules. It's much safer than my local grocery store, which has nobody enforcing any rules of any kind. I don't know how many times during our three-day visit that someone would come up to a guest and say, Sir, your mask must cover your mouth. Or, Sir... Your mouth needs your 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 mask needs to be enough above your nose. Or ultimately, sir, if I have to tell you again, you will have to leave. Not everyone liked it. I get it. I'm not sure I like it. It was the rules for being there. They were politely enforced, and I'd rather have them enforced, me personally, than have them not enforced. And bonus, watching people get all angry and all upset about being asked to wear a mask that they stomped out. That was fun. I actually enjoyed that. Um, so things were mostly well run because casinos enforce rules and people know how to follow the rules. There are things that didn't work well. Um, there were two restaurants open, a deli and a, a, a sit-down cafe. They have a great steakhouse. They have a really fun sports bar. Um, and, and those are closed at this point. More importantly... Bigger negative, for whatever reason, the bill-changing machines were offline the whole time. 
Now these are the machines that if you if you have a win at a slot machine, you, you throw the slip in this bill breaker and it kicks out your money. So you shut all those down on the casino floor and all those people have to go to the cage to get their money. You also have people that have to get to the cage and get more money because they didn't bring enough. And you have the people that have to get to the cage to cash their chips. And you have to get to the cage, you have people that have to get to the cage because they need a new player's card or what have you. End result, huge line, not socially distanced, hours long, people complaining, and we had enough knowledge and experience with computer with casinos that we just instantly went, oh, we'll do our business at the cage first thing in the morning when they open and there won't be a line, and there wasn't, and we got through that just fine. The other thing is that for whatever reason, the health department was not allowing them to use their ice machines. So somehow, on the first night that they're open, there's an ice shortage. Um, in fact, it was such a big ice shortage that I actually went out and bought a five-pound bag so we had our own private stash of ice for the rest of the trip. Um, the biggest glaring issue is that the state was allowing them to be open at half occupancy, and they were enforcing that, and they were following that. But the end result of what their health department also asked them to do is that they only had 30% gambling capacity. Two-thirds of the slot machines are turned off. More than two-thirds of the gambling spaces are, are, are not allowed to be used. You had an eight, uh, seven-spot table. You got three spots available. You're not at 50%. Um, so what's the end result of that? The end result of that is you got people walking around and walking around with nothing to do. Or you got some people that are playing money, bigger money than they should play, just to get in action because they want action, they don't want winnings. Um, it, it just, it, I mean, it is what it is. It was funny. At one point, we lapped the whole building. We, we visually inspected every slot machine there was to be seen, and every single slot machine that was turned on and had a person in front of it had a person in front of it. If you wanted to play a slot, any slot, you just wanted to play a slot with your $20, you were struggling. You were you were going to struggle to to find a spot. Um, opinion, not fact. Um, next week, a, a bordering state is, is opening their casinos, and another bordering state is opening their casinos. I think you got a lot of pent up demand here. Um, I think you got a lot of pent up demand from neighboring regions. Obviously, I'm part of that, and I think as things open up next week that pent-up demand is going to go away, uh, and, and we'll see a lot less of that. I, I suspect the lines will go away. I suspect the not finding a slot machine, if you want one, will go away. Um, I, I think all that stuff will fix itself. Um, so the other end result of all this is that Mrs. TRG and I end up kind of playing at separate tables from each other more often than we would like. We'd prefer to, to be at the same table and to play together um, but that's a preference for fun. That's not a necessity. Um, she's been doing this with me for 30 years. She is more than capable of holding her own at a blackjack table without me. Um, the, the worst thing, I mean, and it's cute. It's cute when she does it. She'll say, how would my husband tell me to play this hand? I mean, that's her way of asking what the book says, but, uh, you know, no big deal. Um, and this whole process of playing separately also brought us some really great news. So at one point, um, one of the guys that she's playing with 
and one of the, you know at the table that she's that she's at says, um, oh, hey, you said you used to come here before. Um, did you hear that Bubba's back working here again? This was his first day back. And she said, no, I hadn't heard that. Um, but that it was good news and that, you know, we had known Bubba in the past. Well, she tells me, and I'm thinking, good news? Good news? That, that might be the understatement of at least the pandemic. See, Bubba was my casino host back when this was my regular place, back when I was here every week or more. Assuming he remembered me, this is, I hope, a real shortcut on goal three. Okay, don't know. Uh, we're going to find out. Um, so, second day, I send Bubba a text to his old number. See if it's still correct. It is still correct. And I was just like, hey, heard you were back. We are too. Welcome back. Glad to hear you're, you're, you're back and, and back at work. Notice, didn't ask anything. Didn't assume a relationship at this point, just seeing if his number works, checking in on an old friend. Um, you may recall that I had to book the rooms at full price, so we had over 300 in hotel costs alone for this trip. It was well worth it just to get out of the house. Um, and then also because I knew that to get the free stuff, in the long run, I'm going to have to put up some money at, at the beginning as, as an introduction. They're going to start to relearn who, who I am. Um, so the good news, the gambling the first night went well. The gambling the second night, second day and night went okay. Not great. And then the other part of that was second night there was a bachelor party and, and they were getting a little sloppy and a little reckless and, and the staff was having a, a bit of an effort corralling them. And, and so we wrapped up early. So I count up the money as we leave. And after expenses, we had a profit of roughly one week's pay. We had a great trip. We were absolutely ready to come back again. So as I'm checking out, I, I, I say to the person at the desk, do you have any, you know, Fridays, Saturdays available the rest of the month? And, and sadly, they don't. So um, great trip. And we head out to the car. And we get in the car and get the AC fired up. And I send Bubba a text and say, hey, are, are you my host or or do I need to earn my way up again and have one assigned? And boom, right away he hits me back. I'm your host unless you want someone else. Nope. Score. One weekend. We have a win in our pocket and we have a host. And not just a host, but someone that we have somewhat extensive and positive history with. So the next text I send is, great, hey, wonderful, had a wonderful time. Really appreciate you. Um, if you happen to have uh, any hotel rooms, you know, uh, available for any weekend night this month, we'd love to come back. And notice here that I wasn't, like, really saying I wanted to comp. I was just kind of asking for a reservation. And also, you know, keep in mind, I know they're officially sold out. But <laughs> good old Bubba boy right away gets me an answer. Um, couldn't have asked for anything else. Would a full comp for Friday in two weeks work for you? Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Couldn't have asked for anything else. I mean, of course that would work for us. I expected success, folks. Um, I, I've done this a long time. I know how things worked. But this is beyond my wildest dreams. The idea that this quickly host comp rooms, um, the, the nice little win on top of it, uh, I, I'm more than thrilled. I think that that's pretty obvious, but perhaps more important than that, 
let's just run back through the original goals, you know, right off the jump. Uh, it was great to get down the house. We, we felt mostly safe, not 100%. We made an adjustment a couple times and, and got out of the situation where we, we thought we didn't like how things were going. Um, it, I don't know, other than I said, locking myself in an air-filtered room, I, I don't know how to be any safer. Um, so, last goal, start to establish a relationship with a casino. Full-blown, grand slam, home run, host, room comp, two weeks, um, even with the hotel officially sold out. Just, I don't, I don't know what else I could have said. The other good news. Next week, my, uh, my, my local casino is opening. And next week, um, a casino right near the first casino is, is also opening on Thursday. And they had hotel space on Friday. And we have a reservation. Crazy part is, the casino we were just at and the casino we're going to are about an hour apart. And somehow, I've never been there. Um, and I'm not sure why that is. But if this all works out, if this casino, the second casino turns out to be, you know, usable, I guess, for lack of a better word, exploitable to be um, a little less polite. Um, now I've built a casino cluster. See, and that's where you have a working relationship with two casinos that are fairly close to each other. Um, maybe you stop at one for a free meal and some free bets, and then you go for a free room and more free play at the other casino in the cluster, or vice versa. You turn it around. You spend the night at Casino 2 and then stop and pick up free stuff at Casino 1 on your way home. The idea of a cluster is uh, you, you take advantage of free things at two properties in in one trip. Um, for a long time, you know, traveling in the opposite direction, but for a long time, I had a three casino cluster that, that I would go ahead um, once a month and rake up all the free stuff and, and do enough gambling to get more free stuff. Um, so obviously, next episode, I'll have a, a, a rambling report for you on that trip. But I have to say, this weekend was a better start um, than anything I could have hoped for as I'm trying to restart everything post-pandemic. Our final segment is a trip to the VIP lounge. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. All right, welcome to the VIP Lounge. I'm sorry, we do not have a bartender on duty, so feel free to pour something for yourself. Feel free to pour it as a strong one if you wish, and feel free to make it an artisanal soda if you'd prefer. Um, I, I thought today I would share a story that has no real um, meaning. It's, there's no lesson here. I'm not teaching you anything. It's, it's just a really fun thing that happened to me one time. Um, as I think I've told you a couple times, my local casino used to be part of a, a major national chain. And, and when it was part of a major national chain, um, I, I increased my exposure there and I increased my involvement there because the, the benefits in the, the gambling capitals of our, our country, um, or North America, I guess I should say, are much better if you have that big relationship. And it was easy enough to build it locally. If they thumped me a little, I left. If I was thumping them, I, I stuck around. So eh, back then, less so than now, even in the best of times, I was I was a regular in the high limit room. So one evening, I, I go into the high limit room, and as I'm trying to walk through this big arch, 
um, a guy in a suit sticks his arm out and says, who are you? And um, I didn't know him, and I basically know everybody at this casino. And uh, maybe, maybe not at my best, but I looked at him and I said, well, I'm here all the time and I don't know you, so why don't you start by telling me who you are or why you're stopping me from going into my high limit room? Pretty forceful declaration, I guess. Um, luckily, Floor heard what was going on. Guy I'd known for years uh, at this point. And he comes over and says, it's it's fine. It's fine. TRG's good. He won't be a problem. Sorry about that, TRG. And as I'm getting ready to say, you know, hey, what's, what's, what's going on here? And as we turn the corner, the first table is roped off. And there's LeBron James and his wife and his entourage. And now I know what's going on. And now I know why this guy that I've never met is is standing there running interference. Because obviously word gets out in the casino that LeBron James is there and a whole bunch of people are going to stand in and, you know, step in and gawk. And so I've got kind of a standard policy. Uh, over the years, um, just by happenstance through nothing special about me, um, I've ended up at blackjack tables with NFL players, starting NFL quarterbacks, uh, major TV stars, semi-major movie stars, um, and I just have a general rule. Um, I pretend I do not know who they are. I treat them as any other Joe or Jane who just happened to be at my blackjack table. And they seem to appreciate that, and we just act like we're all normal people, and we have fun, and we high-five, and, and we share each other's wins, and, and we act sad when each other loses, and we make up little stupid jokes. And so, you know, someday I'll tell you about the dude from The Walking Dead that was Mr. Fist Bump on every hand if anybody won. I, I promise. We'll, if I don't remember, somebody remind me. We'll, we'll pull that one off. So in this case, I've got standard operating procedure for gambling in at least the vicinity of a celebrity. Not a celebrity this big, but a celebrity. So... I find a table adjacent. I got a good view of what's going on. I'm very amused that Mr. James's bets are basically the same size as mine for whatever his wealth. He is certainly not what I would consider a high roller. Um, and I proceeded to have a very nice evening. The only thing that was different about it, I mean, other than the fact that LeBron James was sitting there, the only thing that was different about it is the wait staff was much more attentive. I mean, there was a waitress by, like, every 10 minutes. I can't imagine why that, why that would have been. Um, I did not meet LeBron James. I do not know LeBron James, and he does not know me. That does not mean that occasionally um, I have not been known to say, to start a conversation and get an excuse to tell this story, that... I've played blackjack with LeBron James. So I hope over two episodes I've shown you that I know a great deal about casinos. Um, and I think I've told you over and over that I'm always trying to learn more about casinos. And if you know something I don't, I'll sit under your learning tree. Um, if you got an idea, a concept, send an email to what I do at casinocombat.com. I'll look, shoot your reply if I'm interested, if I see something, and, and then we'll see where it goes from there. So that's it, folks. Second episode of Casino Combat Podcast, all recorded and stored on the hard drive. I appreciate you listening. I'd be thrilled if you enjoyed it and decided to like, subscribe, share, and all those other social media things um, that I'm just starting to figure out if we're being fully transparent. I heard there's a dislike button in a lot of these things. So if you didn't like it, hit that button. 
at least I've got a sense of what's going on out there and I know I've got stuff I need to fix and I can start figuring that out and I'd rather have your honest feedback the other part of this is if you're saying to yourself this guy is a complete idiot spouting total garbage I encourage you to share that total garbage with your friends enjoin them to participate in the ridicule make a drinking game where everything I every time I say something that you think is completely stupid you know you take a sip or a shot it it's not gonna hurt my feelings so thank you for listening I've spoken everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view I'm leaving and I hope you'll understand I was born a rambling man